Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us? thank you so much for this beautiful day you've given us. We thank you for the opportunity to come here together and worship you. And we pray today, Lord, that you would open our hearts and that you would open our minds so that we could focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Please turn and greet each other. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries and Children's Choir Director. Uh, this is our Children's Choir here with you today. And next week, Sunday, May 6th, we will be putting on a children's musical, Oh Chicken of Little Faith. It will be at 5 o'clock in the social hall. And we want to invite all of you to join us and hear the hard work that these children have put in, as well as many adult volunteers to make this night a special night for you. Um, but we want to give you just a little taste of what the musical is about, so we're going to sing for you, We Live by Faith.
this is what's fun about Erin. Many months ago, she said, you know, I have a degree in landscape architecture from Clemson University. I could make us a prayer garden on campus. And we went uh, through several planning sessions, through all sorts of uh, talks, through all sorts of designs. And a week from Sunday, we hoped to celebrate the prayer garden. We couldn't do it last time because of the weather. I have no idea if we can do it next Sunday because of the weather. But if the weather is nice, we're going to go right out of this service um, and celebrate the prayer garden. And then a couple months ago, she said, you know, we ought to do a children's musical. Great. Let's do a children's musical. And you saw, uh, it's called O Chicken of Little Faith. It'll be in the social hall next Sunday night. Sunday night programming ends tonight uh, for all uh, children and youth and adults. And um, the play will be next Sunday night in the social hall. Um, let's, uh, we like to frame our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations. We'll try to go as quickly as possible. The first of which is radical hospitality. And Leanna, if you'll come up just for a second. Leanna Morris has um, grown up in the church, and we announced uh, what felt like a very long time ago, uh, that we were hiring her for a position called Director of Connection. She had to finish school first at North Greenville, and tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., Leanna starts as our Director of Connection. If y'all will welcome, welcome her to our staff. <laughs> Such a big deal. She's going to be after you for your contact information. She's going to be after you for your contact information. She's going to be after you for your phone number and your email and your address and make sure they're exactly right so when we need you, we can find you. But she's also going to be friendly. She's going to, see, she's going to welcome guests. She's going to be standing at the back of each worship space. She's, she's not going to have anything to do on Sunday mornings but show people around and then uh, follow up with them throughout the week. And uh, what you might not know is yesterday... She got engaged yesterday. My mercy. Yeah. And uh, you will hear a lot more about that in uh, the weeks to come. So it's kind of a big deal, kind of a big week uh, for Leanna. If y'all um, welcome her, we're so grateful for that. Uh, if you'll have a seat. Um, we believe in passionate worship. Um, I want to tell you about what's coming this summer. We are going to walk through uh, the book of Acts. I've never done that before. And uh, the Sunday Scripture podcast that we do every week that you can find on uh, iTunes, you can find it on sundayscripturepodcast.com, you can find it on Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anything you can find, you listen to, you can find the podcast. We'll be entirely focused on Acts as well. And you'll see us go um, see how, what it's like to try to build a church try to build a faith community, the ups and downs, the emotions, the highs and lows, the um, uh, successes, the failures, whatever it may be, and uh, I'm really excited that that's coming. Uh, we believe in intentional faith development, and uh, as I said, tonight will be the last night. I want to celebrate uh, a great year that we've had with children, youth, and adults, and uh, we'll have more opportunities this summer to build your faith. Again, I emphasize the podcast. You can listen to that anytime. I post sermons as well. We believe in risk-taking mission and service. And I want you to open your bulletins to the inside. You will always see opportunities to serve with risk-taking mission. We believe in extravagant generosity. Um, you'll see uh, ways to give electronically. You'll see how we do our reporting. You can see all of that. The big deal is the panel. We want to always put sign-up things and announcements on our inside panel. If you want to sign up for the dinner coming up, um, I've loved our dinners. 
I've loved the programming. I've loved the gospel music. I've loved the speakers from um, local missions. It's hamburgers and bingo. Hamburgers and bingo uh, on a Wednesday night, and I hope that you'll sign up for that. It's going to be uh, total fun. And if you want to keep up with everything that's going on in our church, you'll get helpful emails. Just write your email address in that and leave it in the basket at the back. So that's got to be uh, enough announcements for you. Let's start our day. Gracious God, we thank you for drawing us together today. We thank you for children who lead us. We thank you for spaces that can draw us together. And we ask that as you've taken us from our homes to this place, you may bring our hearts, our minds, our focus fully in so that we can hear your word for us today. As we talk today about metrics, Lord, about measurements, about results, it can occasionally be uncomfortable. Teach us, inspire us, lead us this morning as we talk about the ways in which you measure our reaching out and the ways in which we can improve that reaching out in every way possible. Lead us and guide us in the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. opening image today is metrics. There are so many ways in which our efforts are measured. Some ways that make us uh, comfortable, we like for our efforts to be measured. In some ways, they make us very uncomfortable. Let's look at three um, really significant ways uh, in our pictures. Mercy. Under contract means we're close, but it really doesn't mean anything until you get every single form signed, every loan approved, and everyone on both sides of the table agreeing to what they're going to do. And then as a real estate agent, you will get a commission. You will get none of that unless you make all that happen. Unless you make all those details come together and all those people agree, and the fact that they're arguing about whether the gutters work or not, and it could be $50 gutters that are the difference between buying this $300,000 home or not, and the difference of the commission of buying that home. I watched my dad do it for years. And I said to myself, though I probably would have done pretty well in sales, I like details, I like um, customer service, I will never live on 100% commission. I said that as a child. And uh, there's still elements of my job that are like that, um, but many elements are not. I've had a salary since I was 22. Under contract means you're so close, but you've got to deliver. Let's look at the next one. Standardized testing. Students love standardized testing. What an opportunity to show what we've done, what we've learned. Teachers love standardized testing. What an opportunity to show what I've taught teenagers who may or may not want to be in my classroom, right? So many times, the state and the federal level 
is looking around and saying, okay, um, we haven't tested this particular realm of academics. We should have a test for that too. So field day for my children was, uh, uh, I'm sorry, field day for elementary children was a couple weeks ago because it's standardized testing the rest of the way. What, what um, metrics are involved here? How much did the teacher teach them? How much did they retain? What kind of college, college scholarships are you going to get? What kind of opportunities are you going to get? Things that are designed to motivate people to action can often cause deep anxiety on both sides. Now, I didn't get great grades, but I did fairly well on standardized testing. My wife, Katie, got great grades and hated standardized testing. So there's, uh, it's a struggle um, for both sides. Let's look at the next one. Yeah. Did I watch all seven rounds of the NFL draft in the last four days? No. Did I watch 95% of it? Yes. Yeah, I DVR'd it. YouTube TV is amazing. You can DVR anything anywhere and watch it anywhere. And I would watch it as I was doing something. I'd listen in the background. This is a person who's drafted in the first round. What do you think a team wants from an individual who's drafted in the first round? What do they have to pay that individual? What kind of media attention will there be for that individual? What kind of pressure will there be on that individual? It's all wound up in, can you kick it? Can you throw it? Can you catch it? Can you do all these things with everything else that's swirling around you? So commission, careers and scholarships and standardized testing, NFL draft. Sometimes we love metrics, sometimes we hate it. But it is a constant in our life. John chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. This is Jesus speaking to his followers, those that are closest to him and those that are kind of coming along wondering what this is all about. And he's saying, results matter. So let's look at your first, uh, second phrase. If you do not produce fruit, think of those instances in which you did not. Whatever reason it may be, whether you didn't pay attention, whether you didn't have the skill set, whether you weren't in the right place, whether you weren't properly motivated, whether you had fear and didn't even try, if you do not produce fruit, it's a very clear message to both individuals and communities, faith communities. We are paying attention to the fact that you are not producing, is what Jesus says. Every branch will be cut off that does, in, that does not produce fruit. How many gardeners in the room? Maybe a quarter? You might get it. You might, uh, you might have uh, veggies. You might have fruit. You might have flowers, whatever it may be. How many people kill living things even though they're trying not to? Or they don't, get, they don't pay enough attention to them? Probably two-thirds of the crowd. Not producing fruit, you are gone. What are some factors that go on with individuals or groups, whether they're in the church or they're not, 
that caused them to not produce fruit. Bitterness. Prejudice. Stinginess. Despair. Those times that something was truly not working out for you, which one of those things captures it more than the others, or are they, or are they a tie for first? Bitterness, prejudice, stinginess, despair. He says time is running short. Now, I like to go um, back roads. I've documented this. I've said it to you many times. Don't really like to go on 26. I like to go on 76. And when you go on 76 or any of these highways around here, how many churches do you see along the way? How many of those churches are impacting their community, do you wonder? How many of those churches are building up one another? When you get in a plane, you fly to uh, Nashville. I fly over church after church after church after church, some this big, some this big. And I think, what's going on there? What kind of, what, what's the big deal there right now? What kind of conflict is going on there right now? What kind of success is going on there right now? Do they think they are the only ones going through this right now? Probably not. In your workplace, if you experience bitterness, prejudice, stinginess, despair, doesn't it suck the life out of everything? You cannot, you don't even want to go there. You don't want to run into people. You don't want to do the thing that you are there to do because of the environment that is surrounding everyone. He says, if you do not produce fruit, you'll be cut off. Next phrase. If you do produce fruit. Very clear message to individuals and faith communities. We're paying attention to the fact that you are producing. Every branch will be pruned and cut for maximum potential. Does that sink in? The significance of that? You ever think, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Whatever it is. Relationship. Career. Following Jesus. Attending worship. Um, parenting. Caring for parents. I'm doing pretty good. He says, if there is any success in you at all, you will go through pruning. You say, wait, wait, I, no. I thought there was pain if we weren't doing it. And everybody expects that. Everyone expects that if things are not going well, things are going to be cut. People are going to go through pain. You're going to have to cut stuff out. But he says, if you're doing well, there's going to be even more. There's going to be even more pruning. And you think, I don't want to change anything else. I'm already doing pretty good. We're already doing pretty good. And we are in that magic sweet spot right now. Almost three years in for me. Because you think, you know, we have two worship services that are friendly to people, that have musicians that are not divas, that are talented, that do their job. We have a staff who trust one another and doing what they're supposed to do. We've uh, made communication as simple and clean as it can possibly be. We've changed the website. We've changed the communication. We've done uh, uh, this access system all over our campus. We're what? We're doing pretty good. 
We had a spiritual life council meeting two weeks ago in which we looked at our assessment of how we're doing spiritually. We all rated it independently and then it was scored and handed back to us. Pretty good. And you could easily say, let's just keep doing this. But time and time again, Jesus says, if you're doing pretty good, you're going to have to get a whole lot better. And the question is, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to go through that pain individually and corporately to continue to produce fruit? And if we do, we'll be asked for even more. What are the factors of churches, communities, individuals that are producing fruit? Joy, acceptance, generosity, hope. You've been in those places? In your relationships? In your home? In your workplace? In your church? And you think, man, it has turned around. I've got an opportunity here. This is going really well. When we're lucky enough, fortunate enough to feel that way, to live that way, to be that way, it's exactly when we're supposed to be pruned again in order to get better. And that's a hard thing to hear. Both options are painful. But one of them leads to more. Verse 4. Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, how short a walk do you think it is for someone to hear that and figure, I think he's talking about hell. I think he's talking about afterlife, whatever it may be. It could be. I wasn't there, and I don't know everything he thinks. But in my opinion, he's talking about the present. He's saying, you have to be following me, paying attention to me, and learning from me, and cutting things back in your life that impede you so that you can continually get better and produce fruit. But your next phrase, by ourselves. Why is there such a gravitational pull to go things alone? to be solo, to be part of a small group that doesn't answer to anyone. Why do entrepreneurs love being entrepreneurs? Why do teammates on professional teams who would be better together split off and say, I want to be on my own? Why do you have an um, amazing job where you answer to five people? with a great salary, and you say, you know what? I really only want to answer to one person. Why do we try to cut that out so much? Well, um, vision, priorities, timetable. If we answer to someone else, we answer to their vision, we answer to their priorities, we answer to their timetable. And we might think, you know, it'd be a whole lot easier if I just did what I wanted to do. If I just said what I wanted to say. 
if I went where I wanted to go, when I wanted to go. And Jesus said, I get it. I know why you want to do that. Humans have done it since there have been humans. Here's an amazing garden. You can do whatever you want. Don't go over there. Do not touch that thing. I don't know, man. I kind of want to touch that thing. Let's go touch it. Let's go eat it. We want our vision. We want our timetable. We want our priorities. The trouble is, we start to think about ourselves. We start to think about the things that we prioritize. Stuff starts to go around the vine and choke it. But if we consistently attempt to cut out what we desperately want individually, personally, if we cut that back and we say, I want you to help me produce fruit, it will be dropping that notion that we can be by ourselves. Why did the prodigal son leave his dad? Why did he leave his brother? Why did he go out on his own? Why did he fail so miserably? Why did he come back home? Why was he welcomed home by his father? He says, I get it. I get that you want to make your own choices. I get that you're three years old at Disney World and you want to run over there. I get it. But it's bigger than you wanting to run over there this very second. We have to drop that by ourselves. I have a quote this morning from Nancy Blakely um, that's on the screen. In a vineyard, the best grapes are produced closest to the central vine. Understandably, that's where the nutrients are most concentrated. Thus, the lateral branches are not allowed to ramble all over the arbor. They are pruned and kept short. Jesus drew an apt description of the life of discipleship from this metaphor of nature. Jesus is the true vine. God is the grower, and we are the branches. Through this image, two aspects of God's created world are held together, bearing fruit and being pruned. How desperately do you want to be an example of what God wants to this community? How bad do you want that? It's in direct correlation to how willing you are to remove your individual desires that are away from God. It's in direct correlation to the amount that you can cut down your ego and hear what God is saying to us. And when I say you, who do you think I mean? You think I mean y'all? You think I mean us? Which one? All of us. It's taken me 18 years, and I focus on this like 49, 50 weeks a year. I look at scripture all the time. It's taken me 18 years to cut down, cut down, not eliminate, the ego-driven things where I want to dictate what it is. What percentage do you think I've cut down? <laughs> I don't know. It's less than it was in 2000. But there's more to go. Where do y'all stand on that spectrum? Gracious God, draw me in closer to this community and to you so that I may eliminate the things that are in me that cause me to misbehave and not produce fruit. Verse 7. 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be disciples. This is an example of a verse that can be troubling in what's called the prosperity gospel. Ask God for whatever you desire. And God will grant it like an ATM. If you remain in me, he says, then your priorities will be focused. Then your questions will be directed. Then my answers will guide you forward. Then you can ask for the things that you want in order to make yourself better and your community better. He is placing that in our hands. If you want to ask if God grants free will, just look at this text. He says, every time, if. What does that mean? You got a choice. You can or you cannot. You can listen or you can ignore. You can act or you can sit. You can be bitter or you can have hope. Those are all your choices. Here's the strange thing to them. It's not so strange to us. It's the last phrase. The farewell discourse. He's saying, remain in me. Remain close to me. Draw to me. Listen to me. And this is in a section of the Gospel of John where he's saying goodbye to them. He's saying goodbye because he's going to Jerusalem and they're going to try him. They're going to place him on the cross and he will be gone. How are we supposed to remain in you? How are we supposed to be close to you if you're leaving? Well, two or three years being around them, you think, around him, do you think they can guess what he's going to say? You think they can guess who he's going to welcome? You think they can guess how he's going to challenge him? I've been here almost three years. You think I can tell you what Ralph's about to say? I got a pretty good guess. You think I can tell you what Bobby's about to say? I got a pretty good guess. You think I can tell you what Cindy's about to say? Yes. Yes, I can tell you what Cindy's about to say. Mm-hmm. Kenna? Mm-hmm. I can tell you what they're about to say. Because I've been around them so much in so many different environments with great stress and with relieved stress with great joy and with great pain. Jesus consistently showed them for something like 18 to 36 months exactly what he wanted and then said, I'm going to be gone, but I need you to remain in me. So what does God hope from you? You who didn't get to be directly with Jesus every day, but have heard about him every time you come. What does God hope from you? What needs to be cut away to make that happen? You cannot cut it all away in one day, and you shouldn't try, and then you shouldn't give up if you do try. What needs to be cut away over time, slowly, patiently? How can you draw closer to what God wants? What spaces can you create? What scripture can you read? What worship services can you join? What communities can you surround yourself with to say, hey, when you see that in me, cut it out so that I may live in your name. It's in your son's holy name that we pray. Amen. It's now time uh, for the modern affirmation. If you'll stand and join me.
this is the way that we affirm our faith in this worship service. You're welcome to listen. You're welcome to read along and profess with us. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. There's not a time that we read this that it's not directly connected to what we just read. If you go back one more. Our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service. If you're wondering what fruit is, and you're thinking, I don't know if I can do that. I don't even know what it is. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. There you go. That the kingdom of God, this thing that we consider heaven, where we get to go after death, may be a present reality here, right now, on this earth which is what we're called to do. It's now time for our offering. You can take the plate and uh, place money in it. You can pass it by and hand it to the next person. If you like to give electronically, uh, you can do so with instructions in the bulletin. If you're a guest today, if you're starting to join our family, we certainly don't expect you to give. You can rely on the generosity of our people.
please stand and sing this last one with us.
peace, begging for God to cut that out of you that impedes you, that impedes God's will in your life. Pray that you may bear fruit, that you may offer love and forgiveness to everyone around you, and that you may continually strive to get better. In the Son's holy name we pray. Amen. Go in peace. Have a great week.